What's going on, my people? It is your man, Jay Swan. And I'd like to welcome y'all to the Free Spirit Podcast. On the Free Spirit Podcast, I will give you the latest in entertainment, music, sports, and also give you that Free Spirit talk. Y'all stay tuned. Everybody, it is your man Jay Swan, aka Jay Swizzy, and I'm about to get busy on the Free Spare Podcast. And this is the 19th episode to the Free Spare Podcast. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in every you know week for every episode, right? Very consistent with you guys, right? And today, later on, right. I got something special for you guys. I will be previewing my brand new single called No Bad Energy, right? And on today's episode, I will be doing a, it's kind of like an MCU episode, a Marvel episode, right? I'm going to be reviewing the latest Thor movie because I just watched it yesterday. I watched it yesterday, and I will be giving you my top 10 MCU films of all time, right? And um, the reason why I wanted to do that is because, like, you know, I feel like Marvel really set the bar high when it comes to their movies. Like, with the first Iron Man starting off, and, like, um, you had the Avengers films. It's kind of like a... A generational thing for real. Like, it's family oriented, but, you know, it's so much that goes on with the MCU. And no, I know it has some bad movies along the way, but I'm gonna mainly talk about the good and the great films. And, like, if you wanna make an argument, like, I'll make an argument, like, some of these films that I'm going to name are, like, the greatest films of all time if you want to talk like up there with like possibly like a Forrest Gump or Lion King like you can make an argument with that or let's see another one would be like in in the same um league as like a Star Wars in that atmosphere and that's how these movies like come off like it's like they have so much impact the MCU has so much impact with their films right but I have a few honorable mentions, right? And I'm going to start it off. It's like, uh, you're going to be like, hey, he got this in the honorable mention? I wonder why. And I'm going to tell you why, right? In some of these films, right? Doctor Strange 2 is an honorable mention. That movie was very good. Like I said in my uh, one of my previous episodes um, on the podcast, and I was talking about the film, and it's mainly... A Wanda story. It's pretty much Wanda Vision Part Two, where Wanda is the main antagonist in the film. Like she was being, you know, selfish. She wanted kids. She wanted to see her kids, and like you know, she was gaining so much power, wiping a lot of people out. And I would say this movie has got to be one of the most goriest, um, bloody MCU films for real. The Doctor Strange joint. And it was a great film in my opinion. Then we have the first Avengers movie. And you're going to be like what? That didn't make the top 10? I'm going to tell you why right? The Avengers was a good film. It had a good start off with Hulk, Thor, Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye. All teaming up to beat Loki. And But um, I feel like. With this film, like the main highlight was the Hulk, where 
he was like, um, when Captain America was telling him, like, hey, I think it's time for you to get angry now. And um, the Hawk or Bruce Banner responded by saying, that's my thing. I'm always angry. Like, the Hawk was the highlight of the film. And remember, he was tossing um, Loki around like it was like a little... A stuffed animal or whatever. You just smashing them down. Like boom, boom, boom. Puny God. That was the like the highlight of the movie in my opinion. Great film. But I don't think it's like top 10 with the movies that I'm going to name in a little bit. Then you also have Avengers Age of Ultron. I feel like uh, this movie right here um, was very solid. It's uh, neck and neck with the first Avengers film. It also introduced uh, Quicksilver, even though he was in there for briefly before he gets killed. Um, It also introduces Wanda. Um, You see a lot of chemistry going on with the uh, with Hulk and uh, Black Widow. I felt like they was going to have like a relationship. Like later down in the future films, she was kind of like the one that calmed him down. You know what I'm saying? And like, um, there was like actual real chemistry between the two. And I wanted to see like, hey, how far they could take it. I wish they did in, you know, future, you know, Avenger films that they uh, had, but like they didn't. I was hoping they was going to do that. And, um, on this move in this movie, right? Uh, they was all together, the uh, team, and the one uh, scene where they was all trying to lift up the ham. I thought that was pretty funny, but the one where they uh, with Thor noticed when Captain America touches the uh, hammer, it moved. That was like whoa. He noticed like yeah, he might be worthy, or oh, he the worthy one, all right. And we moving over next to Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, um, I felt like that film right there was like something brand new to the MCU. It added Kung Fu to the mix, martial arts, um, a great story background of Shang-Chi and his family. And his father was a dick in the film. His father was a complete asshole. But, you know, I felt like that film... Was really, um, how can I say this? It was a, it was emotional and funny at the same time because of how uh, Shang Chi mother passing away, getting killed, and like how his father felt about it with so many emotions. He wanted her back, but Shang Chi knows like you can't bring her back. She's not coming back, and he was trying to tell his father that. And great story. And hopefully number two will be even better. Now, let's move over to... I have like two more honorable mentions. Spider-Man Homecoming um, and The Incredible Hulk. Let's start off with Spider-Man Homecoming. Homecoming to me was the one film where it could have made my top ten. With like um, Peter trying to find... A balance of being Spider-Man and like, uh, hey, should I tell my friends like if I'm Spider-Man or not? Like, hey, I know Spider-Man. Like, tell them stuff like that and trying to impress like a little girl that he had uh, the crush on with. And you see mysterious uh, elements of MJ, like um, him and his interaction with uh, Tony Stark in the film where... He was explaining to Iron Man, I'm nothing without the suit. And Iron Man was telling him, like, hey, if you're nothing without the suit, you shouldn't be a superhero. You shouldn't have it. And that was a life lesson for Peter. And at the end of the film, like, as you see, like, um, Iron Man gave him a suit. Like, he was, uh, because he was worthy to have it. Like, he... See, the full responsibility is more than just fame being the superhero. It's not about fame. You have to protect. Like, it's kind of like that great power comes great responsibility type of thing. But, like, you know, Iron Man was pretty much the father figure 
that Peter needed. He needed that father figure. Now, Incredible Hulk. I feel like this movie is very, very underrated. You hear um, it's a big leap, a big leap over over the uh, one that came out 2003. That 2003 one, that, uh, that was trash. That was pretty bad. But this one, with this one right here, where uh, Hawk was battling, what is it, Abomination? That was a great fight scene. And one of my favorite scenes out the film with the Hawk, right? He he was like battling the uh, the military. And the one dude was trying to like stand up to the Hawk. And then all of a sudden... The hawk just kicked the shit out of him, and then he just flew across the uh, the grass and uh, shit. And I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was super hilarious. I remember, I think it was me, Harry, and Antoine watching that in the movie theater. And we saw that one scene, and we were just dying laughing our asses off when that happened. But it was one of those films that I really enjoyed really enjoyed and um i wonder if it's on disney plus i'm not sure it probably is but um now we are getting into the top 10 mcu films of all time in my opinion right number 10 spider-man far from home right after endgame where peter you know he feels like he has a big responsibility stepping up as like the new iron man but he doesn't have that direction like he felt like he lost it like um you know iron man passed away he died in endgame and he's like at a state of confusion like what can he do and also he has these feelings towards mj right and like she has feelings towards him and he doesn't even know if, like, hey, should I tell her, like, hey, if I like this girl so much, maybe I should tell her that I am Spider-Man, right? And Mysterio, I felt like he was a really good villain. Like, he brought a lot of, you know, key elements in the film, meaning that, okay, he was pretending to be Spider-Man's, you know, friend, but he was ended up using him to get back at Tony Starks, who just passed away and used his technology. Right? But at the end, I felt like the fighting scene was very good. Also, um, with that being said, the ending part where he just uh exposes, you know, Spider-Man's true identity, we were like, yo, this is go this just happened. This just happened just now, right? Now, let's move over to Captain America, Winter Soldier at number nine. This movie, like, here's my thing right here, right? With Captain America, Winter Soldier. It was a big step up from the first Captain America movie. And also, I forgot to mention that in the honorable mentions. The um, the first Captain America film, the first Avenger that's all I'll also put that as an honorable mention. But the Captain America when a soldier film when they introduced Bucky and um he's trying to get his friend back. Like mentally Bucky is lost. Like he's not Bucky, right? And there's a whole lot of action in the film. I remember that one scene where Captain America was beating the liver crap. Out of the, let's see, I think it was like six, seven guys in that elevator. I was like, yo, he is really whipping their ass, yeah. Really whipping their ass in that one scene when they were on top of the helicopter. Like on the helicopter, <laughs> excuse me, the helicopter uh, rooftop platform where he was like grabbing the helicopter and like holding on to the uh the middle, like the middle or the edge of the rooftop, I felt like that was pretty badass. That was a badass scene. Number eight, Guardians of the Galaxy. Y'all. I'm not gonna lie, 
I watched this movie for the very first time. It was last week. And, like, I wasn't really too big on Guardians in the Galaxy. I don't know why um, before. Like, uh, I did watch a Guardian of the Galaxy 2. Guardian, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 uh, before I watched this. And, like, I thought the, I felt like that was a solid film. But this one, I was like, okay, this is the movie that really started it off with um, Star-Lord, Groot, um, Gamora, Dave Bautista's character. Like, it was like... They're all coming together. Like, they're pretty much like the Avengers in outer space in a way, kind of. But it's like uh, so much going on here with the character arcs. Like, you see Gamora, she's the daughter of Thanos. Well, adopted daughter of Thanos. And you see Thanos in the film, right? Um, Star-Lord's character in the beginning, like, his mom dying, like, that was one of those emotional scenes. And that one point where he's trying to save Gamora's life and um, where they were out in, you know, space and she needed oxygen and he nearly sacrificed himself to save her, right? I thought that was pretty dope. And the ending, I was like, yeah. Um, when uh, he was, uh, what did Starlo do? He was dancing to that uh, one song. I'm really trying to remember what it was. It, it'll probably pick up later in my head. But, um, man, Starlo was just a goofball. But, like, you got to love Starlord. Starlord was, you know, probably... Not to say my favorite character in the film. I think Gamora was my favorite character. But he was pretty much like the star of the film. And like with his story and his background. Right? I thought that was pretty cool. Now, number seven. This was kind of tough between picking number between seven and six. Like I can't flip it. But yeah. Thor Ragnarok is the best Thor movie ever. Period. Right? It is the best Thor movie, period. Super funny. Like, the first Thor film was funny because it was kind of like a fish out of a water film where he was walking into the, uh, in the pet shop and he was like, I need a horse. <laughs> I was like dying off of that. And like when he first met Jane Foster... And he was pointing to a um, his best friend like you. Which realm is this? You there? Go against the almighty Thor, acting all arrogant. But on um, Thor Ragnarok, he's pretty much, you know, in space, you know, um, running into the Hulk, and then they're fighting. That scene where they both fighting each other was pretty badass. And you know, he's fighting his sister Hela. And he stood no chance against her. And Davis having a hard time trying to beat her. And they first introduced uh, Valkyrie, Tisa Thompson's character. And she was pretty much like nonchalant, not caring. Like, okay, you need my help, but I'm not going to help you. That type of feel. And I feel like Valkyrie is like my favorite one from the film in that movie. Right, but the badass scene was, of course, I said that when the Hawk was facing Thor, and Thor was like, "Yes, he's a friend from work." I was like, "Yo, people were like laughing, like, like." I think it was me and the Kaya that watched that at Woodlawn in the security, and like people were just really laughing in the crowd, and. That was pretty, you know, funny. It was probably one of the funniest. And I would say, it, as far as, like, comedy goes, it was, like, the funniest one out of the MCU. It was super funny. Now, let's move over to number six. The movie that started the MCU off. And it's probably going to piss y'all off, but I don't care. I don't give a damn. It's my list. The very first Iron Man. Robert Downing Jr., bro, 
I can't think of another guy who can play Iron Man, right? First of all, the story itself was like, okay, I didn't really get into Iron Man like that when I was younger. I mean, I remember seeing him and like picking him like Marvel versus Capcom, two games and stuff like that. But I didn't really, you know, pay attention to Iron Man like that because my guys were like the X-Men, Wolverine, X-Men, Wolverine, Spider-Man, and the Hulk. Like they were my people in Marvel, but with uh, Iron Man, I didn't really know too much. But Robert Downey Jr. really just did his thing like an A-plus role. And the one thing I really wish would have stick around or who would have been around for the MCU was Terrence Howard as um, in the, as Terrence Howard, right? Him and Robert Downey Jr. had a lot of chemistry in the film, like, they was, like, going back and forth, and, like, um, that would have been crazy if Terrence Howard was going to be a war machine in the future, bro, think about that, him as war machine, that would have been so badass, man, and, like, also, um, the one legendary scene at the end when he was, like, I am Iron Man, and, like, that was really a killer. Now, number five. We are in the top five, people. We are now in the top five. And this one, some people may feel like I should have this higher. But um, I'm going to say it right here now. I love Black Panther. Black Panther was a great film. Chadwick uh, Boseman, he did his thing in the movie and adding, um, what's my man's name? Michael B. Jordan, that's Killmonger. Like, bro, this movie did, um, how much did it do in the box office? It's up there probably like in the top five as far as like billions of dollars. It's up there. It's up there. Like, I had to put this in my top five, right? Because, um, first of all, like, I remember first time, um, hearing, like, before I watched this movie, right, um, Black Panther, I was first introduced to Black Panther around, like, 2010, and, like, I remember watching, you know, some series of it, like, on, uh, Comcast, like Comcast on demand, they used to show some episodes, and I remember he whooped Captain America's ass, right? And um, bro, um, Chad, he just really did his role in the film. Like, rest in peace to him too. It's like, yo, I just can't see nobody else. It's kind of like Robert Downey Jr. I can't see nobody else playing Iron Man the same way I can't see. Someone else playing Black Panther like him. Rest in peace, man. Like, the story was great. Like, it was very emotional with, um, um, Killmonger character. He is a person I would consider a, uh, a sympathetic villain where he's doing these wrong things, but he has a reason for it. You see his background. You see his father was uh, murdered. Like, he felt like his um, uncle betrayed him, like his family side betrayed him. And you got Killmonger. He had this built up about him. He had this built up about him, right? And it was, like I said, emotional, like I said. And Michael B. Jordan did his thing. The fight scene, the two legendary fight scenes where he fight uh, Black Panther. Um, when he was like, this is your king, huh? This is your king, right? <laughs> I'm like, yo. And the very last scene where he gets killed. And, man. Michael B. Jordan. Like, if I do a list as far as, like, um, the best... MCU villains, him and Thanos are like the top two in my opinion. Now, moving over to number four, Captain America Civil War, where we first was introduced 
to uh, Black Panther and they introduced to the new Spider-Man with uh, Tom Holland. And bro, what can I say about this film? It was a bunch of friction between the group. It was divided with Iron Man and Captain America's people. And like, they're trying to uh, see which side is right and which side is wrong. And like Captain America's like, um, you know, just saying like Iron Man, no, that's not gonna that's it's not gonna work that way. And um I remember that one line where Iron Man tells him, like, I just wanna kick you in your pretty teeth. <laughs> I was like, they it's like so much going on right there, like um Iron Man and Spider Man's chemistry and um What's his name trying to find a reason to kill Bucky, uh, Black Panther? And I remember that, man. I remember that because he felt like uh, his father uh, was murdered by Bucky. But um, it was all orchestrated by that one guy. I'm trying to remember his name, the one that looks like a real creep. I'm trying. I forgot his name. Shit. It's been a while since I watched Captain America Civil War. But the fight scenes were great with Ant-Man, Spider-Man, Black Widow. Um, the one scene with Captain America and Bucky are trying to fight Iron Man. And Iron Man finds out the truth about Bucky, how um, how Bucky killed his parents. But Bucky was being under control. You see what I'm saying? And like, it was just crazy, man. It was crazy. I love that film. I'll probably watch it again later. But the we made it to the top three. We made it to the top three. Whew. I'm going to tell you this right here, right now. This was not easy to do, bro. Number three. Infinity War. Is at that spot. It could, like, here's the thing, right? Thanos, man, is the perfect sympathetic villain where he is, has his reason, like, hey, I'm going to get these stones. I'm going to rally this army. So if I gather these stones, the world will be less populated. And, bro... What I'm, I know I'm slurring right now, but let's be real, man. This movie is arguably one of the greatest movies, period. One of the greatest films, period. How everything was built up from the MCU from the first Iron Man film to now to Infinity War, where Thanos is trying to gather the infinity stones and like the first five minutes where he invaded Thor's shit whipping everyone's ass and the Hulk everybody was screaming once they saw the Hulk like giving Thanos some you know punches right and then Thanos starting to gain the upper hand and whipping Hulk's ass like Boom, 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 boom. He was just Bruce. He was no longer the Hulk. And the Hulk was so scared that he didn't even want to come out, bro. Throughout that whole film, like, Thanos beat the living shit out of him. And the story, man, with Thanos, I feel like Thanos was, like, like, the movie was all pretty much like what Thanos want but you see the history of Thanos with Gamora um his other daughter too and why he favors uh Gamora a little bit more or was that in uh or was that in um Endgame but Gamora him and this the story with him and Gamora is like this how he found um, Gomorrah on her planet and he adopted her and wow 
he really did love Gamora. That's his daughter. But the way he sacrificed her for that soul stone. And I can only imagine like, wow, bro. Wow. He just sacrificed it, threw off the cliff. And he was shedding tears like, baby, I'm so sorry. I have to kill you to get this stone. Whoop! <laughs> Took her out. And let's talk about the fight scenes where, like, they was trying to get the gauntlet off of Thanos' hand. Like, Iron Man really, really, you know, tried to do his best with um, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and a um, few members of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, this was, this was like the very first superhero movie where they lost. Like, a group of heroes just lose it to one guy. One guy. And Thanos was the main person for this movie. And, like, besides Heath Ledger's uh, Joker, it's like... Okay, for the DC side, as far as like um, dead films, the first person who I'm going to think about is Heath Ledger's Joker. But when it comes to the MCU, it is Thanos. And man, Infinity War was the shit. You cannot go wrong. If you want to put it at number one, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. But the next two... I might have these two like a, I might have them tied, right? One and one. So, this one right here, this is really tough. This is really tough for me, right? And this and this one just came out. Spider Man No Way Home, right? I'll say this right here now. It's the best Spider-Man movie, period. Better than Spider-Man 1, better than Spider-Man 2, better than pretty much all the uh, Andrew Garfield ones. And, um, bro, it's like how this was built up, right? How this was built up where you had Peter... People knowing that he is Spider-Man, he has no private life anymore. He has to go to school dealing with, you know, people in his face. Different, like, oh, he the one that killed Mysterio. And they don't even know if they want to believe that he did or he didn't. And, like, he's going through, like, a crisis there. He have a supporting cast of people of his um, Aunt May, MJ, and, like... It's those films where um, he's trying to reverse everything. So he goes for Doctor Strange's help. But remember, he's still a kid mentally. He's still in high school. He has a whole lot going on. Like he's under a lot of peer pressure. You are the most popular superhero in the world. And everyone has all eyes on you, but they know who you are. They know who your loved ones are. They know who Aunt May is. They know who MJ is. You see what I'm saying? It's a whole lot going on with that movie. And what's crazy is that um, how they introduce the villains. They bring him back Green Goblin. They bring him back Electro. How they brought back Dr. Octopus. You know what I'm saying? And like that scene where they were fighting on the bridge. They were fighting on the bridge. And like, you know, Spider-Man did whip his ass. But it was just a ultimate throwdown for real, right? Hold on for a second. With water. I, I just took a little water. Three second water break. But now I'm back. But um, it was just crazy and 
Green Goblin was the villain for this movie. Like Norman Osborn bringing him back like from the very first uh, Spider-Man. And it was just nuts. Super nuts. And let's not forget where the death of Aunt May was like so emotional where I'm not going to lie. I probably drip a tear looking at that Aunt May like with great power comes great responsibility. And I was like, oh, no, she's going to die. It was not Aunt May, but she had like I feel like it had to be done like Peter needed that boost. He needed that feel like. I, I just, like, he was just lost in the moment losing his uh, auntie. And, like, he had to put on his big point pants. Like, with great power comes great responsibility. Using, he doesn't even have an Uncle Bill in this universe. But someone had to make that sacrifice for, you know, Peter to put on his big boy pants. And, man, when they first introduced Andrew Garfield, right? On that screen where people was like, yo, they were going nuts. They were clapping. They were um, screaming, hollering. It was like, bro, I just, I, I watched that movie at least like maybe three to four times in theaters. In theaters, and when they brought back my man Toby, my man Toby Maguire, like he was just a like I haven't seen Toby Maguire in a while. It's been a hot minute. Bringing those two Spider Man in to help out uh, Tom Holland Spider Man and taking out the villains, bro. It was just I'm gonna say it was a perfect film. It was perfect. And I could just talk about it, how great the movie was, and all day, man. It's the best Spider-Man movie of all time. And one of the best films of all time. But the number one spot, you already know what it is. End game. You see, where the Avengers took their defeat where everyone was pretty much gone Spider-Man Black Panther um uh not well Hawk well Hawkeye didn't die he wasn't even uh he was in the movie he didn't die but um Star-Lord uh Groot um so many people like the population was pretty much gone Right, and they were searching for Thanos. Right, and when they finally got to him, they were like, "Yo, reverse that, um, reverse what happened, so we could bring everybody back." And it was like, "I just used the gauntlet like maybe two days ago. It can't be done." And then Thor cut off his head. Right, and they felt like everything was over. But Ant-Man was missing for five years, right? Um, he uh, was looking like, hey, where is everybody? And then Black Widow, and then Black Widow was in there, Captain America, you know, felt like they were defeated. And then they saw Ant-Man again. And then you got, you know, the smart hawk. You have the Bruce Banner hawk, where he's more controlling of, his uh hawk presence right he's more you know controlling like i said and iron man becomes he becomes a father right and he gives up being iron man and but uh he's convinced like yo we're gonna have to get the um infinity uh stones from the past to make everything work again and um, right there, like, if it wasn't for, like, uh, Ant-Man, then it wouldn't have been possible to bring everybody back. 
right? So, um, the story, the movie is like pretty much three hours long. And the one scene that was like, yo, they really killed, they, she is gone now, right? They got rid of Black Widow where she sacrificed herself to get the Soul Stone. I was like, not Scarlett Johansson, bro. That's Scarlett Johansson. No, not her dying. Nah. Not my baby. <laughs> like, yo, uh, I was like, not, not Scarlett Johansson. But, um, it had so many mixed emotions during that film where, uh, Iron Man and Captain America went back into the past, right? And, like, Captain America sees, uh, um, his uh, lady, right? I think it was uh, Peggy Carter. And he was looking through the curtains like, wow, I really do miss her. I really do miss her. And, like, he's, like, seeing her from the curtains. Also, the interaction with uh, Iron Man and his father, I was like, yeah, this one hits it home, for real, and where Thanos from another uh, timeline comes over to find out about these guys, and that battle, you know, when the battlefield where it first, you know, starts off, and I forgot to mention Thor, you know, also gave up as far like being a hero, you see Fat Thor, you know, with his gun and stuff. And it was one of those, like, yo. Like I said, everybody felt like they were giving up, but they went in time to fix everything. And, like, the fight scene where they're trying to beat Thanos was just three of them. And they were having a hard time. And that one part where Thanos looks like he was about to stab Thor through the chest. And you see the hammer moving and then I remember me Shamar Kenny watched the film right in the movie theater and we seen Captain America grabbing the hammer Thor's hammer and we were like yo the freaking um um the movie theater was just exploding with like yes 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 they were like clapping like, yo, oh my God, like, and he was whipping his ass for like a minute and a half, yeah, like, jeez, and we really thought it was going to be like, yeah, he going to um, really take out Thanos, but, you know, Thanos, you know, the badass that he gets overpower, you know, him with the hammer, and all of a sudden, Thanos... Um, army, you know, shows up, but the highlight of the movie, the highlight of the film is when you first see Black Panther walking through those portals with, um, his sister and, um, what's her name? I forgot. Um, dang, I really gotta get better with these names, but like when he first walked through the portal and... Yo, we were like, yo, this has just happened. And you see Spider-Man coming back. You see the Guardians of the Galaxy coming back. You see Wanda coming back. You see... Um, uh, was Val- Valkyrie? I don't know if Valkyrie passed away. I don't think she did. But, like, you see a whole lot of people coming back and... You know what? You know what would be crazy though, if they had. I would tell you this. This I remember me and my friends were talking about this. Right, it would have been more crazy if they had Logan. You know what I'm saying? Or Deadpool come out one of those portals, y'all. If that would have happened, if Hugh Jackman. And Ryan Reynolds came out of those portals as Deadpool and Wolverine. I 
thing I would have fainted, bro. I would have fainted for real, bro. Like this was that would that would have been an epic moment, but you seeing everyone coming out of those portals and they starting to demolish the army. And Captain Marvel came out of nowhere whipping Thanos ass. Um Wanda starting to whipping Thanos ass and Yo, it was just crazy. And who can remember that one scene where you see Iron Man and Spider-Man interacting. And they seen each other for the first time in like five years. And then Peter just talking, talking, talking. Like, hey, Mr. Starks, you remember that we was in that portal? And I'm not portal. We was on the other planet. And then Iron Man was like, I got my son back. And then Peter's like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> but um I'll say this too, right? But that one scene where everything looks like Thanos about to snap his fingers, but um Iron Man was like, nah, not this time, y'all. And he just said the final words. I'm Iron Man. Boom. Thanos disappears. They won. But. This. Iron Man dies. The Tony uh, Stark's. You know. Story his. um, Ended. And. I remember. It was. uh, Someone on Facebook. Before the movie even came out. Said somebody was going to die. And I had a feeling someone had to die. It was either going to be Captain America or Iron Man. It was going to be one of those two. Right? And I had a feeling it was going to be Iron Man. Right? And that just ended pretty much his story arc. Because it started with um, Tony and it ended with Tony. So with that... I was like, bro, that was just insane. It was just, oh, man. My mother is a big Robert Downing Jr. fan, and she didn't want to see him die. She didn't. She was a big fan of Iron Man. But I felt like his story, I'm not saying it needed an end, but all good things had to come to an end was what I'm saying. And then, you know, it's like super emotional at the funeral. They did all this fighting. And um, Captain America is giving um, Falcon the shield to be the new Captain America. And Spider-Man is pretty much looked at as like the new um, Iron Man, for real. So it's like this, right? I feel like... um, the thing with the MCU, I feel like they should actually, um, the people who should start it off as like, okay, the new phases, like I went through like phase one, phase two, phase three of the MCU and, you know, phase four has like, you know, questionable things, but I'm waiting for cat like um falcon anthony mackie's character and tom holland's character to just start everything off again because i feel like they are like the main guys right now but endgame love the movie is in my top 10 movies of all time it's number one in my opinion as far as like mcu films it was great and man this is like the longest segment. Dang, it's going off. It's like 48 minutes. Jesus. But yeah, this is like a, a long one, right? But that is my uh, top 10 MCU films of all time. And I will be back with a brief intermission. And I will preview my song, No Bad Energy. And also giving you my review of the latest Thor film. Y'all stay tuned. Yeah, no bad energy. Blackout. 
don't just vibe with anybody Negativity, bro, don't bring that to the party Shorty over there, got a nice body Grinding up on me, yo, she a hottie So, uh, no bad energy Ain't got time to be thinking about my enemies Nah, no bad energy Just vibe and chillin' with my whole team No bad energy Yeah, no bad energy Guess who was that? Wittiness so clever. J to the Swizzy. Who could do it better? It's a new era. Look around, but your errors. She walked a day. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Free Spare Podcast, my people. It is your man, Jay Swan, aka Jay Swizzy. About to get busy and Mr. No Bad Energy. Ain't got time to be thinking about my enemies. Nah. Yeah, that's a sneak preview of my song. New single that will be coming out later this week, No Bad Energy. It will be available in all streaming platforms, um, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, Deezer, Bandcamp, and, uh, you know, will be available on iTunes as well. So, like, be on the lookout for that this Friday. Now, we are going to be talking about, on this MCU episode, the movie... That everyone is talking about right now. Thor Love and Thunder. And I will be giving you my review for the movie. You see. um, I will say this right off the bat. This has got to be the second best Thor film. It's way better than Dark World. Dark World was, was down at the bottom of the MCU films. And, um, and it's better than the first Thor film. It's not better than Thor Ragnarok. But... It's, you can make an argument that, you know, it's um second up there with Thor Ragnarok. It had some good moments and arguably some great moments in the movie. Let's talk about it. Um, Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher, he really killed this role, man. Like, I'm not surprised because, like, Christian Bale played Batman for, like, three straight films. Like, of course... Where Batman begins, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, and like he has range as a actor, and like his story is basically he losing his daughter and he's gaining these evil powers to um you know do damage in the universe and rule the universe and some way trying to uh get his uh daughter back. You know what I'm saying? But um it's kinda like a negative character arc and he's more of the sympathetic villain in the film and um tisa thompson as valkyrie is back and like let me tell you this man she's kind of like um that cool character that you could just hang around with like she has real tomboyish vibe she has that you know that feel where you could just be like yo i can hang out with this person go to a bar and get drunk and, you know, having, like, a conversation. Like, she's, one, like, one of the homies for real, right? And, like, she's pretty much the guardian of the new Asgard, right? Um, Chris Helmsworth as Thor, man. Like, yo, he's super charismatic, super funny. Like, he's very in his, like, look, at, I can't think of no one else that could play a better role as Thor, like Chris Helmsworth, like he really did his thing, and um, there's this one scene where um, I think the ladies will, majority of the ladies will enjoy it. If you're a Chris Helmsworth fan, like uh, it's this one scene where he's like in the stadium, and like you know the girls are like you know fainting, and I, anybody who knows the scene, they know what I'm talking about. Um, Russell Crowe is in the movie as Zeus. I feel like, yo, hold up. That's Russell Crowe? That is Russell Crowe. Yeah, that is him. And, um, he had, like, a brief, um, scene in the movie. And, uh, I felt like, of course, he was, like, super, of course, arrogant, being an asshole. But, like, I'm not surprised. And, like, Russell Crowe did his thing as, uh, Zeus. Natalie uh, Portman as Jane Foster. Like, I feel like 
her role in the film was a whole lot better than Dark World. Dark World, like I said, wasn't really too big of. And like, you know, I just wasn't feeling the film. But um, she's uh, dying of cancer. But um, and she doesn't really have that much long to live. She's at like stage four cancer. I believe in the film and she uh go to uh New Asgard and get Thor's um hammer and you know that it's um I wouldn't say it cured her cancer but I helped it out but at the same time she's also dying like once she uses that hammer is also killing her and she um uh, is uh you know helping out Thor fight off these uh you know um God the Butcher's uh minions Go- I said God the Butcher Gore the Butcher I said God the Butcher um the God Butcher yeah the Gore the God Butcher and he kidnaps these kids he kidnapped the kids from the new Asgard and uh Chris um I said Chris Helmsworth Thor Valkyrie and Lady Thor you know, are all trying to uh, save the kids at the end of the day. And um, it's like a love story. It's like, you know, Thor has his uh, axe and Jane has, you know, the worthy powers of Thor, but with the hammer. And he's kind of confused. And he like, you know, he's uh, seeing his ex-girlfriend and it's kind of awkward that, you know, he's... Here's the thing with uh, Thor's character. In the beginning, I've, I uh, forgot to mention that he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy and he's doing these things in space, but he's missing something. He's missing love. He's missing that companionship with somebody. And um, the Guardians of the Galaxy are there for like a brief moment, but he's like by himself trying to figure out you know, who or what makes him happy. Who makes him or what makes him happy. He's just lost. But, um, you know, Natalie Portman is back in the film. And, you know, there's still chemistry in the film between those two. And, like, it was, you know, uh, a great feel to see those two again on screen. Right? And um, the fight scenes were great. The action scenes were good. Um, Thor is a very powerful character. It like, um, man, I thought he was gonna uh, tap into some more power, but I was like, geez, it, it was already good enough. But like, you know, I enjoyed this film. It was very, very solid. Um, it's a uh, uh, the ending was very, you know, emotional. He ended up um, becoming a dad, too. Um, Christian Bale ended up uh, dying at the end. And he told Thor, like, to uh, take care of his uh, daughter. And, you know, Thor became a dad. An uncle dad. But, like, um, yeah, that was a a very good film. And um, if I had to rank... The okay, if I had to give it a one out of a ten, I give it I'll give it a seven out of a ten. A very solid seven, possibly a seven point five. I enjoy the film. Um go see it if you haven't seen it. You know, um it uh tell your uh, mom and your dad about it. Like it's a really good film. But, um, yeah, that's uh, it for the Free Spirit Podcast. Uh, um, hope you guys enjoy this segment, and I will be back next week. That's my review for the Thor film. And uh, I'll probably do, like, a uh, a top DC movies next week or something like that or whatever. Maybe superheroes overall, but I'll probably do DC next week. But, uh, yeah, it's your boy Jay Swan. Um Y'all stay tuned to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if y'all want to follow me on uh, IG, it is jswan922, J-S-W-A-N-N-922. Follow me on Facebook. With uh, I have two pages on Facebook, Joshua Michael Swan, which is my personal page, and my uh, 
artist page, my music page on Facebook, which is J.Twan, J-S-W-A-N-N. Well, um, like I said, y'all enjoy the rest of y'all Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of the week. And I will see y'all next. I will talk to y'all next Tuesday. Y'all be safe. Peace out.